Hello everyone, my name's Adam. And I'm Rob. And this is the Screen Bucket Podcast, the festive edition. Yes, the Christmas special. Mmm. Do you think we've successfully encapsulated Christmas in our show? From our point of view, yes. We've got the, the dark and the light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have. I think we got our Christmas uh, top films in, didn't we? Definitely, man, yeah. Played some Christmas songs. Yeah, I had a little um, bit of an awkward moment in the um, department store, though, didn't we? We did. It wasn't the most... Um... <sighs> I mean, I guess at the end of the day, I don't... You know, you don't, You always want to support your local businesses, but... Sometimes it's just not worth the hassle, is it? No. We got chased by helicopters, drones. Yeah, we had to search for a missing child. Uh, uh, we queued up for so long, we had to get drinking. We had to start drinking our presents for people. It was bad. That Josh guy, though. Who the hell was he? Yeah, weird. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, fair enough. Might see him again. Might see him again. Well, yeah, let's, uh, let's play the chatty bits from our Christmas special then. And we'll see you again in a minute. It is the run-up to Christmas Day 2018. And two young boys have travelled long and far to visit a department store for gifts and sweets in a jar. Long they queued and Adam and Rob's Christmas spirit was hanging low. So join us now for the festive Scream Bucket Show. Hello everyone, my name's Adam. And I'm Rob. Rob's back. I am. I am indeed. Welcome to the festive Scream Bucket Show. And we're stuck in a department store. I know, right? God, we should have just done our Christmas shopping online like everybody else. Yeah, but the... Part of the joy is this, isn't it? The stress, the misery of... Uh, the angry granny who elbowed me in the face while she was picking out a dinosaur toy for her child. Yeah. But to be fair, you did grab ten of them. Well, they were really cool. They were. And the Jurassic Park ones were much more expensive. Yes, they were. Unnecessarily expensive, mm. I thought. Less cool than that T-Rex we found. The other T-Rex with the glowing eye? Yeah. Oh, so good. It was loud, though, wasn't it? Very loud. With music sounds so obviously stolen from Jurassic Park. Uh, what are you going to do? I mean, it's... Sue them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah sue them. <laughs> sue them. So, how are you settling back into real life after your honeymoon to Mexico, which went on for 15 years, as far uh, as I can tell? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not back in the, the zone. I've got the Christmas spirit. Have but, you? Yeah. Well, this, I took a silly um, ibuprofen codeine thing last night. Oh. <laughs> uh, because... Because I couldn't sleep because we were on the couch. Mm. And it's just made me feel a little bit strange. Yes. <laughs> and obviously, we had a few beers as well. Only a couple. Hmm. <laughs> it is combined. Your but dead th- eyes looking back at me confirms. <laughs> anyway, it's fine. Cool. Okay, Mexico good. is brilliant. Good. I spent two weeks on a beach chair having cocktails brought to me. Very nice cocktails. Oh, Went uh, so much. snorkeling loads. Yeah. Got bitten by a fish. Bitten by a fish? Yeah. There was this there was this coral thing where we were snorkeling. Yeah. And this fish came out and I was like, oogie boogie boogie. <laughs> so I put my finger out towards it and it just swam up to me and nipped me. Ah. And uh, went snorkeling with a sea turtle. A massive sea turtle. See, I'm jealous of that. Mm. It was almost ruined because... I was watching it coming. I was like, okay, I'm in a prime position. I was with like 20 other people snorkeling. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, 
turtle's almost in proper sight. This big white male breast, <laughs> hairy male breast, floats in front of my view and ruins the turtle. Was it yours? Why would my own breast float in front of me? Well, it might drift up. That's true. It was another man, and then he stopped, and then his hairiness was in front of me, and I missed the turtle the first time. Right. And then I got cramp in my foot, so I was <laughs> snorkeling around thinking, just don't want to go home. What a nightmare. And then at the last moment, the turtle came back, and it swam right under me, and I got the best view of everyone. So if that man is listening, I have some choice words for you, but I can't say them on the radio. What a shame to have paradise slightly inconvenienced for you. By a hairy man breast. So, yes, this is the festive special. We won't go on too much about paradise. Because <laughs> now you're back in the UK, um, where it's cold and hmm. windy and frosty. <laughs> I don't mind. It's on the right side. This side of Christmas is very welcome. But then the other side of Christmas is a living hell. Well, you just want to get over and get to spring, don't you? Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah. Well... You've got into the spirit of things. You've got, we've got mince pies there. Mm-hmm. We'll snack on them if we don't get out this mm-hmm. blooming queue. I may have a little special show and tell for you later in the episode as well. Ooh, mm. so you'll have to wait and see. Well, yeah, indeed. So, uh, what are we going to talk about? Until then, oh, well, in terms of Christmas films, hmm, one of the conversations that comes up every year is what's a Christmas film. Is Die Hard a Christmas film? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, uh. I think we've made a decision not to oh, talk yeah, about nah, Off you go. Everyone else does. Yeah, you've seen them with their jumpers, say, like, the phrase. And oh, yeah, that one. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so original because you think Die Hard is a Christmas film. Uh, Do we need to get you some coffee? I've got some here. In the department store? Yeah, I got some from Barstucks. Barstucks. Mm. <laughs> Other brands are available. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Stoska Stoska coffee The Russian um, Coffee Oh nice In every Cool Yeah mm. mm-hmm. <sighs> I think what we will talk about though I think. We are the professionals And the experts after all Well we are That's why these people have tuned in Yeah All you lovely people Yeah <laughs> Yeah, and we're going to smugly put down your diehard. Mm. I think as a twosome, we're definitely on opposite ends of the spectrum for Christmas films, aren't we? Oh, yes, definitely. Because I consider where we are right now in this department store to be absolute hell. Oh, no, I... Hell on earth. I worked in retail far too long to enjoy Christmas music and festive times generally. It really has ruined me. Ah, you poor lad. Poor lad. We can try and amend that. And- I used to like Christmas. Genuinely, retail just killed it. What's so bad about working in retail on Christmas? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is you can tell the time by what song's playing. Oh, God. Next time I hear Mariah flipping Carey, I'm going to be going on my break. <sighs> oh, dear. You know. And just like, it's always really hot. As soon as the heating goes on, there's... St- no one talks about this. As soon as the heat, central heating goes on, there's static electricity everywhere. So every time you touch something metal, and there's a lot of metal in the department store, you get a massive shock. Okay, so they electrocute their staff. For you electrocute your staff, yep. Brilliant. You work like 60-hour weeks, admittedly, mostly voluntarily to for overtime, but that's because we need overtime, because we can't afford anything. Mm. 
Not fun, man. If I could tattoo a four-letter swear word on my head to stop me working in retail, I would. Really? Yeah. But you still love Christmas. I love Christmas, absolutely. Well, my Christmas working routine was always being in a kitchen, working nights and weekends. It does sound awful, but it's a bit of festive cheer. Always beers afterwards, like straight away. I think there's a camaraderie in kitchens. There is a camaraderie. Mm. And you're, you have Christmas songs on your own terms because you've got the radio and you can turn it off. So working is good. And also, yeah, I just love Christmas. Yeah. I love it. I love the tinsel. I love the films. I love the music. I love everything. I love going to the Rosen Crown and doing karaoke, pokes, and embarrassing myself and getting kicked out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I do like Christmas Eve going out. As everyone's in a certain spirit. Mm, definitely. Rum, brandy, whiskey. A mulled wine, the pubs do the mulled wine, don't they? I love mulled cider. Mulled cider's amazing, yeah. Uh, Record League Ski Lodge, have you been there in the South Bank, London? They build, they build a fake ski lodge and they sell mould cider, mould plum cider, in a little cup. <coughs> and you can keep the cup, you can pay a little bit more and keep the cup. Oh. Mm. Oh, that does sound very nice. To well, yeah, yeah. Sounds, right. Oh, it does, okay. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does, it does, it does. Well, it's good to see that the queuing experience hasn't ruined our spirits. No, no, no. Although um, I don't like how that lady keeps sending her child back to get more things from the aisles, like some sort of scout. Oh, so she's gone in the queue and yeah. sending the she's child She's got out. her full trolley and then the child, she goes, oh, I've forgotten the mince pies. Oh, let's just listen to this song and just watch her. Mm. You have one message. Message one. Uh, hi, hi. Is that scream bucket? I just wanted to let you know, but I'm cutting your funding. More penny for the pockets, boys. Bah humbug. Oh, Jesus Christ, my pelvis. <laughs> What's that face? <laughs> I need to sneeze, but it's gone now. Okay, good. <laughs> oh, God, uh, staying in. Uh, cool, right. <laughs> Uh, we watched the Christmas film last night, didn't we? Yeah, in a manner of speaking. Yeah, one of my favourite ones, in fact. One I've been actually meaning to watch for a very long time. Yeah, have we talked about it on the show before? Uh, maybe, I don't know. It might have come up. The film we're talking about is the legendary cult classic, the 1974 Black Christmas. The granddaddy of all slashers, as yeah, people say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, guys, guys. Who the hell's this guy? Sorry, are you, are you talking about Black Christmas? We were about to, yeah. I love that film. Who what? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm Josh. Nice to meet you. Oh. Hi, Josh. Hi, Josh. Hi. Just uh, Okay. Sorry, I, I, I just... Sorry are, you, are you alright with this? I mean, it's a bit boring in this queue. You might make it a bit more interesting. Right, that's fine. Let's talk to this weirdo about Black Christmas. Thank you. So, Josh, what's your experience with Black Christmas? Um, It's a film I randomly watched um, about a year year or two ago cool um, thinking it would be awful and absolutely loving it it's a film I I, we, I watched with my friend uh, Adam Adam yeah his name's Adam oh really hmm. huh yeah, yeah. alright we decided to watch it a few years ago um, thinking oh it'll be an awful B movie um, watched it absolutely loved it 
Yeah, because I watched it a couple of years ago with my mate Josh, and we thought. Hey, it... Oh, whoa, whoa. his name's Josh. Yeah. Have you guys ever met? I. I don't think so. Huh? Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, so we've never heard of it, so we assumed it would be rubbish, and it turned out to be a shockingly amazing film. Um, we were blown away by it, and it really stuck with, stuck with me, certainly. Um, yeah. So you, we just forced you to watch it last night. I was blown away by it for a lot of reasons, actually. There's... Well, should we start with saying what the story is? Okay, so there's a house party. Yes. But we don't start with the house party. We start with a POV of a man. Mm, approaching the house party. Approaching the house party. He gets in. And it's a sorority house. Yes, yes. Run by a kindly alcoholic matron who's got <laughs> hidden brandy all around the house. One of my favourite characters ever. Lois Lane. Lane as well. Yeah, Lois Lane. Lois Lane. Yep. And uh, so it becomes apparent that they're getting these prank calls. From yes. Allegedly prank, prank calls. They call him the... Sire? Hey, quiet! It's him again! The Mona! No, the Panther. What do they call him? The Mona! Really? Well, no, no. They, they, it, by the way they talk, it's they're already getting prank calls. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's been happening for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so straight away we lose one of these sorority girls. She goes upstairs. Hmm. Well, that's the thing. So it's Christmas time. So all the girls are going their separate ways anyway. Mm. That's quite key, I think. So Claire, one of the. She's like the more innocent one. She lives, she's got a boyfriend, they sort of kiss goodbye and he leaves. Boyfriend with a big coat. The mm. most luxurious oh, coat in the world. Coat. <laughs> <laughs> Pure and yeti skin. Yeah, and so she's, she goes up to her room and the great thing which keeps happening in this film, which is kind of like, I don't know how much it influenced, and I think the actor, actress who played Claire we saw in the special features talks about this. Yeah. It's very implied. There's no killer running out at her you see this wardrobe that she's um, walking uh-huh. towards you can't really see the killer you can make out something behind this sort of wrapping or whatever's hanging from the coat hanger yeah I mean it does linger you do see the shape of a man and his hand behind this this plastic bag mm. suit bag dress bag just about yeah. and she goes to it first and then she goes back to her packing and then we cut to a POV through the plastic watching her mm. from the cupboard yes yeah, it's, it's brilliant. really really tense um, and she ends up as the first kill. Mm. Um, now, what's what I quite like is the framing device. But it being Christmas, everyone's going their own separate ways for the holidays. So no one really notices when people go. No. They just assume they've gone home. And the story only really begins when Claire's dad shows up to pick her up. And she's not there. Mm-hmm. And questions start being asked. Where, where is she? So there's, yeah, so there's a bit of rising... Suspicion. There's another few phone calls. Um, At this point, it's worth pointing out that Margot Kidder playing... I don't know. Barbara. Barbara. Uh, Barb. Yes. Um, is joyously drunk. She's obviously having some bad uh, family time, so she just vows to get absolutely sloshed. And every scene, she's smoking fags, she's drinking... Or even offering kid like little ten year old boys yeah. a bit of whiskey, you know, getting them yes. drunk. You know? not, not Amazing. Only that, not only that, she she turns to him and is like, "Oh, oh you want some more?" <laughs> <laughs> Which I think again, I don't know if that's going to make it into a film these days. No, I don't think it's it would. Not. 
that. Yes. Especially with the scene opening with someone dressed as Santa Claus swearing. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. ho, ho. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. It's great. It's really modern. The tone of mm. it is really modern. It is. It is. Oh, the, um, the, yeah, the scene which really we noticed quite a lot was the theme of the powerful woman who has the right to have an abortion. Yes. Mm. Yeah. This is 1974. Yeah, and it's shocking. So ahead of its time. So she's not only is she a strong female lead, she's yep. anti, she's anti, well, she's pro-choice. That's the way to put it, isn't it? Uh, she's got dreams, career aspirations. 1974. She's the, yeah. the whole relationship with um, Peter. Uh, yeah, with Peter. Like when oh, she's saying to him. No, sorry, go on. No, no. I say, isn't he sort of the general more 70s? Um, isn't he a bit more like the? trying to remember actually the more sort of general 1970s misogynistic male that he just wants her he is as a, a wife and a yeah, family yeah. to stay at home but she wants to um, he wants the traditional expected route yes Peter the uh, boyfriend he's sort of he's, ta- he's taken on the more sort of uh, I suppose 1970s misogynistic male role he, he wants her to stay at home be a, be a housewife you know and what she's got aspirations of being a piano player? No, that's, he's, that he's, the, he's the piano player. He sort of gives up in his dream because he messes up an audition. That, that's the other thing. Black Christmas, there's so much going on. It's not just the house. Every character has their own storyline. Mm. depth which adds to the suspicion. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. So the killer's in the house. We know that. No one else does. He starts picking people off one by one while sending these prank calls to the house. We, they established there's multiple phones in the house as well. Pro- um, with the disappearance of Claire and a young girl who's found murdered in the park, the police get involved mm. with uh, Frank, uh, John Saxon playing the amazing police <laughs> lieutenant who's like the ultimate police lieutenant ever. But yes, the thing, we're not just following the victims, we're following... Because it's just un- not, no, not needed. Yeah, it was there. It's, like, it's sprinkled with um, elements of comedy and everything. Oh, the, like the, um, the, oh, the new postcode. Yeah, yeah. Thing, yeah. The new area code on the phone number, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not sure if we can and say on the radio. <laughs> there's, a, there's a poster on the wall of a granny, oh. different, nine different photos of a granny, and the ninth one oh. is her flipping the bird. Yes. There's, <laughs> there's a scene when Claire's dad is going around her bedroom with the... What is she, the house matron? I think so, yeah, she's like very strict house matron. Well, well. <laughs> she's very, uh, very forward oh, yeah. thinking as well. I think she's yeah. quite liberal, yeah. And uh, Then they, he says something, I want my girl to just study, not meet boys. And then she's like, fat chance of that happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and she's covering up the posters as he walks around. Like There's a, there's a sort of free love poster of two hippies in the peace sign, naked. Mm. And she just starts leaning on it and trying to <laughs> keep the door in front of it. She, oh, it's... The humour is amazing. So the humour is solid. And it's throughout as well. It's scattered throughout. Mm. But the tense stuff is really heart-pounding. I, I think. mean, there's a particular mm. murder scene with a particular unicorn trophy, which is sort of combined with the carol singers arriving. Yeah, you were freaking out at that. Yeah, and yet again, you don't see anything entering anybody. Like, that that yeah. sounds dirty, doesn't <laughs> it? Um, you don't see any knives or anything going in. or It's all implied. It, and it's, yeah. Well, it's similar to the... So we called this the granddaddy of slasher films, which it absolutely is. But also counted in that is Psycho, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They did the same thing. Mm. You never see... Everyone thinks Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a really gory film. 
You don't really see anything. No. But you feel it. Yeah. Like we were saying last night, the scene where she's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre man, mm. hangs her up on... <laughs> I'm such a professional. <laughs> when um, he hangs her up on the hook, you don't see anything going in, but you feel it so much. And it's the same with this. With the, There's one shot where you see the the unicorn thing plunging down in slow motion yeah, like yeah. across through de- decorations whilst the carol sings a singing you can't you feel well, it there's a word used in the special features when they talk about it black christmas has a vulgarity to it which mm. is at odds with the christmas setting so the violence feels weighty everything feels like it's happening hard like the stabbing it he's like probably pounding and the whole bed shaking and and the hook when the moves and stuff and then you've got the language that's really vulgar. So it's like you're in a peaceful, lovely setting with carol singers and things, and then suddenly, violence, violence, language, language, mm. and it's like that juggling that balance. That's, again, why it feels so modern, I think. Mm. The only thing that doesn't feel modern are some of the zooming things. Oh, yeah. So many, uh, so many zooms. Well, those, like we were saying with the whole the speech about her wanting to go for her hopes and dreams, yeah. the slow zoom happened as she's saying this very forward-thinking thing, as if to say, you guys need to pay attention to this bit. It's yeah. really important. Oh, this is yeah. the message of the film. Absolutely. I mean, I think it'll be a bit more sort of pulled back these days. What gets me is that this isn't a film we were already aware of. No. Like, it no. is a, it's a cult classic. And we now know that it's Elvis Presley's favourite horror movie, and now his family still, as a tradition, watch it every Christmas. And all Crazy. this stuff. All these celebrities inspired. Yeah. Well, it's inspired a lot of the modern day slashes as well. Like, it inspired oh. John Carpenter's Halloween. Yeah. Yes. Well, to well, a dodgy degree, yeah, in fact. Well, um, as I, I was actually talking to my friend uh, Adam yesterday. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, you said um, they were going to make a sequel uh, to Black Christmas and it's going to be called Halloween. And the killer was going to have been captured and put in a mental asylum. Yeah. And he was going to escape on Halloween and go on a, on a murder sounds round. Sounds really familiar. Sounds, yeah, sounds very, very familiar. And then John Carpenter's film just came out before it was made. And yeah. mm, same camera movements. The opening is identical. Yep. And he tried the director, Bob, what's his name? Bob Clark. He tried to sort of, I don't know, pussyfoot around with that, didn't he? he yes. In the special features, he was very diplomatic. Yeah, he was like, oh, well, I just told him, talked about this idea. And then, obviously, he... Out Halloween, and he wrote, directed, composed the music. Yeah, I'll briefly, briefly talk about the sequel because I don't think I even made my way all the way through it. It was very bad. Oh, the sorry, remake, the remake. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I watched it. I haven't even seen it. I watched this years ago, and they uh, tried to shoehorn in this massive backstory about this kid who is like sexually abused by his mum, and it was kind of weird Mm. and unnecessary, and it took away from that all you need in a film like this is the situation yeah. and the yeah. people well, acting around the situation. That's the thing, though. I mean, I don't know, if this is, uh, don't know if this is spoilers, but, I mean, the you never actually find out the identity or no. see the face of no. the murderer. It's irrelevant. It's, yeah, you see his eye at one point, which is yeah. an amazing shot, mm. but that is about it. You know nothing about him, and it's just... He, it, which is true life. You don't, mm. you don't know who's going to kill you. But there is a, sen- <laughs> there is a, there is a central uh, mystery to the film. It's, they're trying to work out who it is as well, which again is mm. stream-like. Originally, Black Christmas was going to be called Stop Me, which is mm. in- interesting because that you sort of associate that with the killer in an interesting way. But people have said that the fact it's called Black Christmas, set it at Christmas, made started the idea of 
naming horror movies after events. Mm. So Halloween, obviously. The hack fraud, John Carpenter. <laughs> uh, Friday 13th. Friday the 13th. Um, so My Bloody Valentine came up as well, similar one. And yeah, and just this whole... Uh, Bob Clark accidentally created this entire world of cinema and it baffles me. I think he's a time traveller. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think he came from the future. He came from now and said, this is what horror movies should be. So why would you say that it wasn't as well received as it should have been at the time? Why has it been forgotten by the annals of horror history to a certain degree? My theory is, and I think I read something about this, is it was so dramatic. It was so horrific. And in the 70s, it was critically panned as well. So I think it got shelved. I think it was so bad that people didn't know how to market it. Okay. So it kept changing names. I think there was something that it was at one point called Silent Night, Deadly Night. Oh yeah, no, I've definitely heard. Which is that? Which, which is a different film. No, definitely, I've definitely heard that title before. Because um, I think after the first time I watched it, we were we straight away started researching it. And yeah. Like, and yeah, we just came up. We heard all these things. Like, oh yeah, no, I definitely heard that before. I definitely heard that title. Um, which yeah. I think a lot of them are remade, reused. Yeah. So Silent Night, Deadly Night is its own film now. But I think that's the thing, like, they kept changing the name, shuffling it about. They just didn't know what to do with it. Mm. It was only when it came out on, presumably, DVD, actually. Well, I would assume, it, would it, was it originally banned at all? Because, I mean, the, the language and the, and the violence and everything. I mean, you... Could have been. Uh, yeah, well, it's lovely to meet you guys, but um, do you mind just holding my space in the queue? I've, what? I've, 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 that's I've, I've, cheating. I've, I've completely forgotten my daughter's Christmas present. Oh, um, your daughter. She, she's, she's five years old. She's, you know... Tell you what, give us that uh, pack of mince pies. Uh, and then we'll hold the key and you'll, you'll get it back, won't you? Okay. All right, fine. Thanks. I trust you. Cheers. There you go. Cheers, guys! See you later. I don't like people who do that. No, me neither. Do you want a mince pie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam's Film Reviews. Aquaman 2018. My father was a lighthouse keeper. My mother was a queen. But life has a way of bringing people together. He could unite our worlds one day. Check it out, Arthur is talking to the fish. Permission to come aboard. I've been looking for you. Your half-brother, King Orm, is about to declare war upon the surface world. The only way to stop this war is for you to take your rightful place as king. Trust me, I am no king. You do your best thinking when you're not thinking at all. That was the worst pet talk ever. Aquaman marks the sixth instalment in the troubled DC film franchise. Directed by James Wan and written by David Leslie Johnson McGoldrig and Will Bill, Aquaman opens with a flashback to a main lighthouse. Here we're introduced to Thomas Curry, the lighthouse keeper, as he pulls a mysteriously beautiful woman out of the ocean on a stormy night. The woman eventually introduces herself as Atlanta, Queen of Atlantis, and the two hit it off in a big way. Eventually the pair have a baby and name him Arthur, but Lana is forced to return to the ocean after it's clear that she is a danger to both Thomas and Arthur. Years later, and Arthur's taken up the mantle of Aquaman, bitter at Atlantis and the perceived death of his mother, Arthur acts alone, content in his life of beer and fighting off pirates. 
Deep beneath the waves, King Orm of Atlantis has begun to merge the Atlantean kingdoms to rise up against the surface dwellers. It soon falls to Arthur to take up the mantle of the future King of Atlantis and seek out a legendary trident with the distractingly beautiful mirror at his side. But first he must determine whether he deserves the heavy weight resting on his shoulders. Aquaman is a film of two halves for me. There is a lot of exposition and backstory straight off the bat, which drags down the first half. But this is broken up with a pretty fair dose of silly costumes and fighting in really weirdly stylized ways. As soon as the plot gets moving, Aquaman really turns around. Incredible set pieces and fully realized characters were possibly the last thing I expected going into this film, but here we are. Curiously, there's a lot of cyber noir influences with an impressively Blade Runner-esque soundtrack from Rupert Gregson Williams. Aquaman is a good, solid watch that stands alone from the rest of the franchise and definitely worth a trip to the cinema. We're here. What are you doing? Wait, wait, wait. You should have a parachute. Redheads, you gotta love them. And the news at when, when, now. This is the news. Jurassic Park and The Shining have been added to the American National Film Registry. The films were chosen by the stateside National Film Preservation Board for their, quote, cultural, historic and aesthetic importance to the nation's film heritage. Brokeback Mountain, Cinderella and Days of Wine and Roses were also among those chosen. Do you think they're all worthy of the cause, Adam? What? So The Shining and Jurassic Park weren't already on it? I thought that when I read it. Surely, like... Both of those. The American National Film Registry. That's mad. Insane, isn't it? I mean, Jurassic Park is one of the most influential films of all time, and The Shining is, like, beyond iconic. Yeah. And Brokeback Mountain is in the same list. That doesn't seem right. No. Okay, well, that's weird. Anyway. Mission Impossible Fallout cinematographer Rob Hardy is reportedly conjoined with the crew of Marvel Studios' Black Widow. The film is gaining serious pre-production momentum after they picked up a scriptwriter as well as director Kate Shortland, who will be the first solo female director in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Did you know this movie was even happening, Adam? No, and I'm really excited about it. So am I. Yeah, it's about blooming time. Yeah, she rocks. Everyone loves Black Widow. Yes. That's cool. No, that's it? really cool. Um, first female director's cool as well. It is. Yeah, it took them long enough. You just have to wait to see when we get a non-white male uh, Star Wars director now. Blink-182's Tom DeLonge is making a sci-fi TV series called Strange Times. Tom DeLonge, who is still widely regarded as one of the greatest humans of all time, despite his departure from Blink-182, the greatest band of all time, is developing the show with TBS. A press release described the show as five dirty teenage skateboarders who solve paranormal mysteries while being hazed by deep state government politics. Huh? Huh? So he watched Stranger Things then, did he? But he's Tom along and he's so lovely and amazing and he's the inspiration to my life and it'll be really good because he's so fond of aliens. Yeah, he's so fond of aliens he uses uh, old footage that he claims to be new. It's not true. To make money for his he's surround- X-Men Academy no, rubbish. that he's building. Shut up. He's surrounded by people who let him down. I have absolute faith in him as a good person. I don't think he double-crosses fans because he's great. I think he's... 
Jodie Whittaker is to return as Doctor Who in 2020. While no official reason for the delay has been given, some have suggested that the complexity of the show makes it impossible to make. Mm. Showrunner Chris Chibnall has said he wants to work on the episodes to make them as strong as possible. Could that represent a lack of faith in the writing, Adam? I mean, from what I saw, it was quite rubbish. I haven't seen any of it yet. It's not very good. Mm. I'm sure there's loads of people who disagree with me. No, I don't think... I, I, I don't know. I'm hearing really mixed stuff. I'm hearing that it's making bold things, but the writing's a bit naff. Yeah, it's... Well, the characters are good, but the writing's a bit naff. That's why I keep hearing that kind of... Yeah, definitely. Mm. It's like Peter Capaldi should have been easily one of the best Doctors of all time, yeah. but the writing let it down. Uh, unlike Matt Smith, who was... That was solid. His first series or second series? It was great. Yeah. It's just steadily gone downhill. Someone said that the movement, the change about in timetable and scheduling, is very similar to when the BBC acts Doctor Who the first time around. Oh, really? Mm. Uh, I think it needs to go away for ten years. It's a, too much of a money spinner, isn't it? Mm. You think how great it would be, you know, wait a decade, you know, we've got loads of episodes anyway, and then when it comes back, everyone would be like, oh my god, Doctor Who is back. But do you remember when David Tennant took a year out, and they did... Four specials instead of a series. And that was brilliant. Was that with the master? Or was that something else? That might have been the final special. But they they were like one off... Each one was its own story, but as a sort of mini film. Right. If anything, that's what Doctor Who should be. Hmm. Sod the series, just have mini films. Definitely. And yet we're just leaving it for a year. You can put more relevance into baddies of this kind of like a... Once, you know, sort of thing. Yeah, I don't know. Something weird's happening with Doctor Who. I'd like to see Torchwood again as well. A poster for the upcoming Sonic film has been released. Everyone's favourite speedy blue rodent is getting a movie release. And by the looks of things, he looks weird. The poster depicts only his hairy blue, strangely human legs stretching atop the Golden Gate Bridge. Whilst it was always going to be difficult to take Sonic out of his video game aesthetic, the poster shows that he may look freaking odd as hell. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the cosplay uh, okay. second wave. Mm. Stay away from Pub. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's fine, I didn't say anything about Stay away from Tumblr. Yeah. Ooh. Anyway, well done. That was the news. Cheers. You have one message. Message one. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Billy? Is this your mother saying happy Christmas, Billy? Nah! Would you like to stir the pudding? Merry Christmas. Hello, it's us again at the podcast. Um, there was something we didn't talk about, which um, is definitely a big part of our Christmas sort of upbringing, and that is South Park. Yeah. Christmas yeah. specials that are really quite brilliant. South Park consistently knock it out of the park for their Christmas specials. And they do it in a way that they still maintain the warmth, which is weird because it's South mm, Park. Mm. 
the most sort of cynical society hating <laughs> cartoon that has ever existed. So off the top of my head, there's the Mr. Hanky Christmas special. My personal favourite. Which has all the songs. They're just a compilation of songs. Yeah, uh, Mr. Hanky himself, there's an episode about him. There's a couple about him, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, Red Sleigh Down. That's when Santa gets oh, shot down in Afghanistan goes, or Iraq. Or and he goes badass. Doesn't yeah, he? yeah, yeah. And they have that scene, doesn't they, of the, the sleigh crashing and it's very, like, gory and awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Santa's packing. <laughs> yeah, they definitely, they've definitely nailed the Santa being a badass warrior. More yeah. so than Futurama that also did it. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, but, um, was the uh, Great Expectations a Christmas special? Or was that standalone? Oh. It's like season four, maybe? That feels like it should be a Christmas special. Malcolm McDowell opens. Hello, I'm a I'm British, British person. British person. <laughs> hey, and we, we see the backstory to Pip and its great expectations. Hmm. If that wasn't a Christmas special, it should have been. Yeah, definitely. Very well. You know what everyone says, that there's nothing more Christmassy than Victorian England. And that's maybe true. that's the element. It's the, uh, it's the trope, codifying trope, isn't it? Mm, the Christmas uh, card. What else is there? Oh, they did the uh, Canada- Canadian Christmas. Mm-hmm. What, what? Oh, God. Didn't the French they... Canada the... is the best Canada in the world. <laughs> the other Canada is a... Anyway. <laughs> the worst one, the most awfully dark one, was the um, Christmas Critters one with the sacrifice. <laughs> I love that so much, though. It's so bad. I love it so much. So what's the plot with that? Is it Kyle is um, being made to be sacrificed by these evil satanic critters? Well, should we say the twist at the end, of what it all is, actually? Yeah. It's Cartman telling the story yeah. at the expense of Kyle, with, featuring Stan. In class, isn't he? Yeah, in, in class. class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah oh, <laughs> a very woodland critter Christmas, I think. And yeah, and Stan meets a group of woodland critters who are cute and lovely, but turn out to be trying to... Give birth to the Antichrist. Hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's the Satan side of Satanism. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, it's great. But um, other TV specials is the My Family one with the Christmas trees. Oh, of course. Which I have fond memories of laughing till I cry Absolutely. alongside my brother. Only Fools and Horses. Only Fools and Horses, the trilogy. Yes. I just like. I think that came out when we were probably at the right age to enjoy Christmas. Yeah, properly just understand it. So is this the one with the with the watch? It's the one with the watch. I believe it's also when Damien gets born. Yes. And then they play the... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to name him Damien. And then what's the third one of that trilogy when Gary? Gary. Gary. Mm. You know, that is like speaking of Only Fools and Horses, is such an incredible show but I always was disappointed when they bought it back and they lost all their riches yeah me too he, um, he's a bad taste in your mouth because for, for once you think okay this is a, a family who's very poor mm. and they sometimes live a bit sort of on the edge of the law in order to make money some of those you know their dodgy dealings and stuff but they're yeah, yeah. very very good people a very warm family and you when they earn their winnings pays off yeah you don't want that to go no you want you want them to succeed yeah, I always felt that was a bit unnecessary. I like the fact that they did prequels. Rock and oh, Chips. Rock and Chips. Did, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't do Rock and Chips. And there was another one with Boise and Marlene. I don't think oh, I watched that one. Manor House or something. I don't think I watched it. But Rock and Chips is great. Because mm. that is actually a really interesting part of the mythos. Right. Yeah. Uh, any other Christmas specials? Simpsons. We get Santa's Little ha- Helper. You know. never really struck me the Christmas Simpsons episodes. 
Not like uh, the Halloween ones. They make a big oh, deal of. Yeah, but... the Halloween Treehouse of Horrors. So, um, yeah. I mean, every sitcom really has done one at some point. Men Behaving Badly came back and did some specials. Although really? you're not fussed, but some of them are very, very funny. Hmm. Um, Christmassy Ted. Love that. Yeah. Love yeah, that. Definitely. Second best priest in the country. The second <laughs> best priest. Yeah, a lot of Christmassy stuff. Yeah, so much to talk about. Um, so we, we really tried to pick and choose our top five each, which we will uh, cover next. Hey, that sounds like All Alone on Christmas by Darlene Love. Yeah, they're really blowing out the park, this uh, department store. It's not your standard miserable Christmas songs, is it? Yeah, someone's just really good at choosing these songs. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> this queue's not going anywhere. Mm. There's some woman kicking off over there as well. What's she talking about? Bef- before we get to shopping then, Sally, are you here? Yes, Mum. Barry, are you here? Yeah. Nikki, are you here? Oh, you're so young. Toby, Toby are you here? Hey, up. <laughs> Paul, are you here? Nah. Paul? No. Stop being a little idiot, Paul. Go away. I Kevin, are you here? Kevin, are you here? Kevin! Kevin! Excuse me! Excuse me! What? Have you seen my son Kevin? No. He's lost! Okay. I've lost him again! Oh, okay. This happens every single year! We'll keep our eyes open. No, you have to help me find him! Rob! He's, he's always... He's lo- what are we going to do? What are we going to do? He's very young. He's very young. He's lost and he's all alone. And he misses his family. And it's Christmas. And you need to help us find him. Help uh... me! Help me! Help me find him! We were going to talk about films. Yeah, can we not? Uh, we're not really qualified to find your children. No, no, no. Please, please. You look like really trustworthy young men. Please, you look like you can find our son. Oh, see that guy over there? Yes? That's, that, he's called Josh. He's really, really helpful. Josh? Yeah? Josh, have you seen Kevin? Uh, Kevin who? Have you seen my son, Kevin? No. Have no. you seen my son, Kevin? Leave me alone. Just leave me alone. Well, thank God we got rid of her. Oh, God. Fancy losing your son every Christmas. Irresponsible. Yeah. I bet she's on the whiskey every Christmas. Yeah, mm. I bet. Bad parenting. Bad parenting indeed. Yeah, don't don't agree with it. I don't like Americans anyway. Do you know why? Why? Because uh, one was mean to me on my honeymoon. Really? Yeah. Well, see, we, we were. Uh, I was on the beach and I was having some cocktails with my wife, and a Canadian girl came along uh-huh. and she said, "Do you want to? Jo- do you want? Sorry." Do you want to join us? Do you want to join us and play some volleyball? And I was like, beach volleyball, cool. And I went along and played, and there was like a couple of people from like Eastern Europe and stuff, Uh some Americans, and a Canadian, and then me. And um, where was your wife? She, I left her drinking. Okay, fair enough. And so I started playing volleyball, and I just assumed with volleyball you just they hit the ball over, and then you try and hit it back. Yeah, yeah. And if you can't hit it back all the way over the net, you ping it to someone else, and then they do it. And then I didn't understand, and then they, one of the Americans started getting annoyed, and then he was just saying right in front of my face to the other people, he doesn't know the rules. He just doesn't know the rules. And he just kept doing it. And then I was just like, teach me the rules. If, if, if you don't know the rules, you get taught the rules, and you can play. Mm. So I said to him, just teach me the rules, man. It, and he taught me the rules, and guess what? What? I knew how to play the game. He, it sounds like he was maybe trying to help. No, he was being... He was being a condescending, condescending yeah. pillock. And I didn't like it. And do you know what? The Germans are really polite. So it's throwing everything out of the bag for me. I don't know what's going on anymore. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Well, this is Mexico, so maybe all the... Maybe it's all reversed. Yeah, all the weird, all the different people go there. 
Should, should we talk about Christmas films? Yeah, I just wanted to it, get that out of the way. Yeah, no, it's fair enough. Honest. It's fair enough. God damn it. Yes, what's your top five Christmas films, mate? Ah, good question. How should we... I'll go, you go. I'll go, you go. Yeah, 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 we'll do that. Right. You're starting with me, then? Yes, yeah, that Okay. Well, as discussed, I'm not a huge Christmas fan. So the Christmas films I watch tend to be the weirder ones, the darker ones. Right. We've already discussed Black Christmas. That's one mm-hmm. of my favourites. Love it. Uh, one of the more recent Christmas films I enjoyed was uh, Krampus. Very good. Yes. Very, very, very good. Krampus is... Not enough people have seen it. I think it's phenomenal. We mentioned uh, Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat. In the previous episode. Uh, it's the same director. Same guy who's doing uh, the upcoming Godzilla. Yes, yes, yes. And what I think he does well is he captures the spirit of the thing... Of the season he's doing, definitely. So with Halloween, with Trick or Treat, it was uh, it was the the old spirit and everyone getting together and celebrating Halloween. Krampus was Krampus is the darker side of a family getting together, and Krampus is like straight out of the eighties, completely eighties film. It's not trying to be eighties, not trying to emulate eighties. It just is, and it's mm. great. And it's a family in crisis, being attacked by a big giant goat demon thing, and it's brilliant. It's so good, and it doesn't it travel through the snow or something? There's, a, there's whole bits, and there's a bit of tremors going on. There's a yeah, worm that's thing. what makes it ultra Christmassy for me is the snowiness of it. The, the, mm. you know, there's a blizzard outside, and he doesn't he turn the people into the snow figures? Doesn't doesn't that happen? What happens with the snow figures? They just appear. So Krampus isn't on his own. He's got uh, goblins, doesn't he? Right. Yeah. Who are playing the elf characters? Mm. Uh, they all dress up as well in festive stuff. So they're probably just little demons. Right. Uh, and they, they start building snowmen in the garden as a sort of threat, I guess. Yeah. Mm. It's really cool. And the sound design's beautiful. And I love it. It's very warm and cosy. It's a warm and cosy Christmas In its film, way, yeah. Despite having all this dark theme of nasty big and demon man. And he looks so cool as well. It does look really cool. It does look very, very cool. Mm. Yeah, and it's just uh, the ending's great and it's just perfect. Indeed. Brilliant film. Yes. How about you? What's your one of yours? I'm the flinging love actually. <laughs> yeah. What a whiplash, emotional whiplash. It's just so good. So you've got several stories going on. Mm. Starts off with Hugh Grant narrating over people arriving at Heathrow Airport and how it sort of brings together the spirit of Christmas. Yep. And there's all these different relationships going on. There's a, a husband and wife. Um, there's a Liam Neeson plays a widowed father yep. who's trying to fix a relationship with his son who clearly hasn't got on over his, his mum's death. Yeah, I like what I do like about Love Actually is there is a lot of darkness to it as well. There is. Yeah. Especially Alan Rickman mm. with the whole, whole affair story, which is genuinely like heart-wrenching. Yeah, absolutely. Emma Thompson, she finds the locket and she's over the moon and then he gives her an absolutely rubbish CD. Ah, yeah. And oh, I don't know, was it Sade? Maybe she's good. I don't, I don't know who she is. But, <laughs> no idea. And then she's like, he says to her, what does he say? Oh, I've been such a fool. And mm. then she says, but you've made a fool out of me. And you're like, oh, no, I'm a Tom fan. <laughs> and there's a big, amazing bit with the kids who needs to tell the girl in school that he loves her before she leaves and goes to America. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. That's quite touching as well. He learns the drums to woo her favour. 
And meanwhile, you've got uh, Nick from my family. He's going to America. Going to America. Because all the girls in England find him disgusting. Yeah. And the best character is Bill Nighy. Is the aging rock star who's sick of Christmas <laughs> and he's written an absolutely awful Christmas album to make some money. Absolutely. And then he really, you know, and that's his, um, his relationship with his agent. Is he going for the fame? Is he going for the party with Elton John? Or does he really just love his fat, miserable Oh, agent? I forgot about that. Yeah. Mm. So there's all sorts of things going on about like different sort of meanings you can get from Christmas, which is oh, that's nice. quite warm. Yeah. <sighs> number, number four for you. Now, I'm doing it in no particular order. I'm doing it sort of as I remember them, really. Yeah, yeah, same. Well, my next one. It's a bit of a tricky one, but I'm sure I'm not the only one who sees it. But my next favourite Christmas film is The Thing by John Carpenter. See, when you first said this to me, I was a bit like, what are you talking about? And then the more I thought about it, it is quite Christmassy. It's similar to Krampus. Where Krampus is in a warm and cosy home and Christmas is happening... The thing is about a group of strangers stuck in an environment amidst the snow blizzard, trapped together, unable to escape, and with a growing sense of paranoia about each other and um, irrational fear and hatred. And I think it's one of the most Christmassy things ever. I mean, that's got to be reflected in millions of different (laughs) scenarios of people getting stuck in the snow and being, you know, with a bunch of weirdos at the airport. Absolutely. The only difference to the traditional Christmas narrative is it doesn't end with a happy story at the end. Well, I suppose uh, it does. I think it's a warm ending. Yeah. It's when a, they blow up the building. Yeah. And, you know, they come together at the end and yeah. chill, watch the fire. Um, and it's just, yeah, you've got Kurt Russell drinking his whiskey, sort of hating everyone. You've got a cute doggy scene. You do. A which, very cute doggy scene. Which goes badly wrong. Mm. You've got uh, people being scared of spiders. Yeah. Being trapped on the couch. Yep, and just trying to work out which one is human and which one isn't, which <laughs> yeah. I always do every single Christmas. Absolutely. Really. That crazy uncle. Mm. Uncle Philip. Great Uncle Philip. Oh, uncle Philip. Ah, who knows what he is. Yeah, so the thing, I think it's a, it's a joyous Christmas film Definitely. about murder and alien invasions. Perfect. What else could you ask for? Well, what else should we ask for, Rob? What's your one? I don't know. I'll slap you in with... Trading Places. Okay, yeah. So, you haven't seen Trading Places in quite a long time, have you? A long, long time. Yeah. So, Trading Places is... Dan Aykroyd is a very wealthy chap who's an up-and-comer at this um, stock exchange firm of some sort. With, um, you know, these two... Which is run by two billionaires who play around with money and like to make fools of poor poor people. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Eddie Murphy is a homeless man living on the street, just trying to get money whatever way he can. Bit of a scoundrel, pretends, you know, pretending to be disabled to get money, stuff like that. And after some chance encounter between the two, the two naughty, evil, eccentric billionaires yeah. decide to bankrupt Dan Aykroyd and get this Eddie Murphy character to be loaded, to completely swap their positions. So Dan Aykroyd becomes homeless, Eddie Murphy becomes loaded. But it steadily starts to backfire on them when they realise that Eddie Murphy is actually quite good business-minded. Right, yeah. And he starts to work stuff out. So then it's it's this kind of thing of those two teaming up to get back at these nasty billionaires who just treat people like dirt. Yeah, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is also in it. Yep. 
and uh, she's great. Dan Aykroyd, she's a prostitute in it, in fact, which um, Dan Aykroyd actually falls in love with and teams up with her as well, so right. they can get back. And it's very, very Christmassy. You know, it's about thinking about the poor and the rich. It's yeah, it's very funny, very warm, very cozy, very Christmassy, leading up to this brilliant revenge story. Yeah, um, yeah. I absolutely love it. It's brilliant. I do have fond memories of it. I'd need to see it again. It's great. It's very funny. There's a brilliant scene where there's a man in a gorilla costume and then a real gorilla and stuff like that. Nice. And on that note, let's play Christmas is All Around with Bill Nighy. You mean let's listen to it on the Instagram? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Perfect. Bill, uh, that song's on from Love Actually. What good timing. Ah. Merry Christmas from Scream Bucket. Fighting the Frizzies at 11. Merry Christmas, Billy! Was that the Gremlins theme? Yeah, what was that playing? Well, I don't know, but it leads nicely into my next choice. Gremlins! (laughs) Gremlins is the ultimate Christmas film. Yeah. I mean, the ultimate alternative Christmas film, I should Mm. say. Uh, Krampus, sort of, I think, was inspired by it. All three of your films have had monsters in. Yeah. Well, it's funny, isn't it? Mm. What does it say about me? You're a monster. Gremlins is a story of a friendly, loving father buying a pet for his son on Christmas from the Chinatown district, which is yeah features a sailor leading a lady into the alleyway and all sorts of bizarre things. Um, and the pet turns out to be more than expected. There's a particular set of rules that must be followed in order for everything to go well for this particular creature. Yes. It's Mogwai. Do you remember what they are? Um, don't give it water. Right. Don't, don't feed don't it, it wet. Yep. Don't get it wet. Don't feed it after midnight. Yep. And keep it out of the light. Yes. Direct sunlight kills it. Well, direct light even. And so naturally, Gizmo gets wet. And all hell breaks loose. Basically... Rips off from its wonderful life, Bedford Falls. They even reference, they even watch it on the TV. Constant references to Bedford Falls in this quaint little American town and creatures from hell, gremlins. But with regarding the rules, so, um, Mogwai, what's his name? Gizmo. Gizmo, Gizmo gets wet, mm-hmm. reproduces other, Giz- other Mogwais who are a little bit not like nasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, what's the rule for? them to turn into gremlins and not reproduce themselves they uh, eat after midnight but they do they do uh, reproduce themselves Mm. there's one scene where one jumps in a swimming pool oh of course and then it glows in the Mm, it goes brilliant crazy yeah and isn't there a brilliant scene with a granny on a stair lift (laughs) which had me and my brother in hysterics as a kid Mrs. Deagle was the uh, the evil lady who threatens to put Billy's dog in the tumble dryer Yes. Like, really, really horrible woman. Mm. Um, and the gremlins prey on her. And she thinks they're dragging her to hell. Like, it's a really weird scene. Ugh. She opens the door and goes, No, I'm not ready! I'm not ready! <laughs> Nasty way to go. And then the gremlins get in her stair lift and send her shooting out the window.
so good. And then obviously the second one's very self-aware, isn't it? The second one's like uh, Joe Dante just went, "Why am I making another film? I'm going to completely parody my my work." And it was brilliant. And it's really really funny. Also, the second one has Hulk Hogan turn up in the. Oh, uh, just shoehorn him in. <laughs> it's just really bizarre. Uh, yeah, Gremlins, absolutely love it. It's one of my favourite films. If I'm sitting down with someone who hasn't watched it, it's one of the best films to put on and go, right, experience this. Perfect. What's your next choice? So the next one is something that's become instantly a classic um, in terms of like the timescale of Christmas films. Oh, yeah. Elf. Ah, yeah. So Will Ferrell is... um, So it starts off with this little baby in an orphanage. Santa comes to visit, dropping off some presents, and the baby climbs into his sack and he accidentally takes the baby back to Lapland. And they decide to raise him anyway, because he doesn't have a home. Yep. So he's raised by this lovely little elf, and the elves are all obviously tiny. And he's a human, so he grows really big. And he's not very good at elf things, he's not very good at making toys or anything like that. Right. And eventually, after a couple of failures, I think maybe it's about time he went to see his real dad, is when he decides, you know, finds out that he's not a proper elf. Yep. So he walks down to New York, and his dad is a bit of a Scrooge type. He uh, works at a book agency or like a, you know, they make children's books. And okay. He's, yeah, and, yeah. But he's very tight-fisted and he's trying to keep all the money and stuff. And then this big, jolly, annoying Will Ferrell comes along who loves Christmas, loves Santa, and is basically him trying to win the favour of his father who at first absolutely hates him and wants nothing to do with him. But he's very infectious. His Christmas spirit, I don't know if this would apply to you. You might scowl but because he's so joyous and Christmas Christmas and stuff like that it's just yeah, very I find it very annoying Santa uh, and there's a bit where he goes to visit he thinks they he works in the department store for a while and uh, they say Santa's coming and all the children there are really excited yeah. he's getting in the queue and he's really happy and he looks at Santa and Santa's this sort of guy in a really bad beard with his right. black stubble poking <laughs> through yeah yeah and he says that's not Santa you're not Santa and obviously this massive fight breaks out that's very funny. It's, I feel like I've seen it once, so I can't really remember it too well. It's, it's just joyous it is, I mean, it, it absolutely has become a cult classic. Yeah, everyone They do it. quote-alongs at uh, Prince Charles Cinema. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. It's often features in the uh, Christmas slumber party, pyjama night things, I do. I think what helps as well is Will Ferrell is an actor who has been embraced by more or less everyone. Like, yes. Probably one of the most popular, if not the most popular, popular comedic actor out there yeah yeah fair point yeah what about uh, your next one so my next one this is so bad my full list is all the dark darkness to your light mm. because my next favourite one is actually a TV special uh, and it's the League of Gentlemen Christmas special oh. <laughs> what happens during this particular Christmas special oh boy so League of Gentlemen as a show is like an anthology it's different it's like a sketch show, really. You've got different pe- characters in different places. Um, and the Christmas special is similar to that. Um, essentially, you're following the miserly uh, vicar of Royston Basie, who's this uh, quite horrid woman who hates everyone, basically. Um, and she keeps being visited by different people from the town who each share a story with her. And she doesn't like it. But we, and then we see each, each story. We've got Charlie, who's in a loveless marriage, who comes to share um, this recurring nightmare of his that his wife's put a voodoo curse on him. Um, and we see, because of a 
uh, country and western square dancing, line dancing thing he does. Ridiculous. Um, a guy comes in to talk about Herr Lip, who's a local German guy, <laughs> and how he's a, a possibly a vampire. And we see an amazing story of his um, time in Germany with a group of choir boys. Naughty. Not what you are expecting at all. Uh, and then finally we've got uh, Mr. Chinnery, who's the local vet, recounting how his great-grandfather was the best vet in the world and was cursed. And Brilliant. the curse stayed with the bloodline. Yes, it's very, very silly, very dark. Um, and then finally we see why the vicar herself hates Christmas. In possibly the darkest thing they've ever done on League of Gentlemen, Psychoville, or Inside Number Nine. Oh, really? Yes. I managed Re- to watch this. Reece Shearsmith himself watched the footage and said, "What have we done?" I'm sorry. Is that there? Oh God! It's nice to see you again, Dave. All grown up. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, mate. And as a kid, I watched it and it freaked me out. Oh, I'm gonna have to and it's it. the reason my mum can't watch League of Gentlemen. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'll, <laughs> be watching so that. Good. I'll be watching that at some point this week. Is it available anywhere for our viewers? And I think it's on Netflix. Right, okay. I think they're all on Netflix. Fantastic. Mm. Josh! Yes? <laughs> Hello, <laughs> League of Gentlemen on Netflix still. Um, I know some of the series are, uh, but I'm not sure. Can you look up, please, and get back to us? If not, BBC iPlayer. <laughs> oh, you have to say BBC iPlayer? Yeah, of course, but I don't think they're on there, are they? Well, you, Josh, will, Josh will look it up while we... All right. But while he looks for Kevin and mm. checks on Netflix. Or so what's your uh, next film? So my next one would be a bit of a weird one, Just Friends. Okay. Which we watched last night. We did watch this last night. Yeah. And what, De- what were De- your Deadpool Zero. Yeah. The prequel. <laughs> I've always loved it. I think it's something to do. I watched it at the right age. So it's Ryan Reynolds and Amy Smart and Anna Faris yeah. star. Uh, Ryan Reynolds begins the film as a, a quite portly young teenager, who <laughs> yeah, quite quite portly middle aged teenager. Yeah, yeah. And um, so he's at this. Uh, so he's going to a house party. Everyone's graduated, mm-hmm. and he's going to deca- declare his love to Amy Smart's character. Um, what was her name? Janie. Jane. Jamie. Janie. Jamie, I thought. Jamie smiles. Yeah, Jamie is in... Jamie. Yeah. Okay. So, he brings the, her yearbook. He writes in it saying, I want to be your boyfriend. I don't want to just be friends. He's at the party. He brings the yearbook to speak to her and like show her this really romantic message saying he doesn't want to be friends anymore. He wants to be yes. girlfriend and boyfriend. Well, so he's just a bit of a mixed message because he says he loves her and then at the end puts BFF. BFF. Which is weird, but maybe he's just trying to be nice. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, instead he's humiliated when Amy Smart's current boy, or Jamie, her current boyfriend, finds the the, the yearbooks get swapped. Yeah. He reads the message to the party. and um, <laughs> In a ridiculous scene. Yeah. They all laugh at him and he runs away. Laughing, he runs off saying, oh, I've had enough of this town, I've never seen you again. Goes to LA, becomes a really, really successful music sort of... Successful and hot. Successful hot, so Ryan Reynolds, yeah. prime, 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 prime Reynolds. Reynolds, yeah, yeah, um, and he's become a bit of a douchebag. He's, you know, he mm. doesn't want to be friends. He's always very wary of the friend zone. Leaps from one girl to the other, and he's put in charge of this bubblegum pop um, Anna Faris. Yeah, who's a complete psychopath. Yeah, who's a pop Completely star, who's mad. a maniac. Yeah, um, 
going taking a plane to Paris with her to do some promotion. The plane, by chance, has to crash land in his hometown because of a microwave incident. Yes. And so he gets back to the hometown, meets, by chance, this Amy Smart's character, Jamie, again. And it's a story of how does he win her back? How What yeah. persona does he put on to win her back? Well, that's it. He goes into it using his routine from LA, and that doesn't work. No. So he goes the other way and tries to be a nice guy, and that doesn't work. No. So he just realises that he needs to find himself and be himself and not try and put on this silly act. Yes. That's very good. It's very funny, I think. I thought it was very, very funny. I was pleasantly surprised. I was really expecting it to be terrible. Early noughties rom-coms don't have a great reputation no, they in don't. my head, especially. Um, but this is really good. It's really... Um, the humour's very good. And the, the humor's sort of, very good. The relationship between him and his brother I, I find very yes. funny. Yeah. So he's spent most of the uh, film beating the hell out of each yeah. other and then at one point, I love you. I love you too. And he gives him a biscuit <laughs> and they walk away from each other. Yeah. Brilliant. It, by the end, it's very much ha- when Harry met Sally. There's a definite mm. link there. When they're talking to their respective best friends. Um, yeah. Harry Met Sally is my favourite rom-com so seeing a connection with that was really quite good quite pleasantly surprised brilliant but yeah uh, what's your last one my last one now after my four previous selections this might come as a bit of a surprise but my favourite Christmas film is It's a Wonderful Life and that is undeniably a wonderful choice yes Uh, It's a Wonderful Life is I suppose it's also a rom-com really but it's almost a rom-com about a man's self-love. It's the, it, it's the counter Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol is about a bad man being punished for his bad choices. And this is your, what you've made. This is your, the life you've built. You know, your house of cards. This is it. Uh, it's Wonderful Life is the opposite. It's a good man being shown his worth, his value. So... This is your house of cards, and it's something that he was blind to. This is a guy, James Stewart is playing a man who wants to get away and be something else and do something else. But duty and respect and love and stuff keeps holding him back, and stuck in Bedford Falls. And when another opportunity goes, and it looks like he's going to prison, he decides to kill himself. He just throw himself off a bridge. And that's when an angel arrives to show him the correct path. He gets his wings. Yeah, an angel who wants to get his wings, yes. Mm. Um, yeah, magical film. Really good. You could argue it's very old-fashioned and it's... Uh, well, I, I wonder if it falls into that very like small bracket of films that cannot be touched. Like, I, you don't want to see a sequel of that. You don't, you don't want to see a sequel of Gone with the Wind. No, yeah. Or, you know, Casa, what's it called? Casablanca. Casablanca. They're timeless yeah, so it was made in 1946, which is an alien time. Yeah, just after the war. And yet, and that actually does feature in it. A lot of characters go off to war. He can't because he's got a dodgy heart. So he's stuck again. Um, and yeah, magical, magical film. And never fails to bring a tear to my eye, genuinely. Um, and I try and watch it every year in the cinema, if I can. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So it's a wonderful life. Uh, what's your final film my final film is Home Alone 2 and the reason is Home Alone 2 I mean Home Alone 2 is definitely the iconic one Home Alone 2 is the one where all the Christmas jumpers say Merry Christmas you filthy animal people you know talk about quotes from the wet bandits or yep yeah the, the, the wet bandits in that one no the, the sticky bandits in that one 
So God, it's been so long, I don't even... So in the first Home Alone, they're called the Wet Bandits because every house they rob, they turn all the taps on and flood the house. Okay. So they're not very nice. No. So, obviously, as we know from Home so Alone 1... what's the one, Sticky Bandits? <laughs> the Sticky Bandits, they... What do they do? Um, so, Mar- what they called is Marv and Harry. So, Marv, who's the dumb one, uh, he decides that a good idea is to cover his glove in glue, and every time he goes past someone holding a charity bucket, he'll stick his hand in. Oh right, okay, the okay. Like, now we're the sticky bandits, Harry. <laughs> Harry. So yeah, obviously Kevin, for the second year, has gone missing, and now he's missing again in this department store. Yeah, Josh, how you doing with Kevin? Uh, oh, I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> that what? Anyway, um, so for yeah. the second year running, Kevin is separated from his family. This time he's not left at home. He's got on the wrong plane. He's gone to New York. But he's got his dad's credit card, so he books himself into the most expensive hotel in town, lives a life of luxury for a short time before running into the Sticky Bandits, his enemies from the first film, who are out for revenge after they've busted out of prison. Where, where does the first home loan take place? Um, in like a very you know the sub a, the rich suburbs of America a big house in New York perfect for booby traps not New York no I can't remember where why it are they there why are the bandits in New York so, just by chance so they just by chance yeah screenwriting 101 I know I know I know but they can't it's, dive it's, too deep I suppose the slapstick is just perfect the the way that they are hurt and I think it's obviously the casting as well so Joe Pesky and Daniel Stern they Pesky. play I think it's Pesky, isn't it? Peshki? Pesh. Pesh. Joe Pesci. Pesh Pesh. Mr. Peshington. Yeah. Mr. Peshington and Daniel Stern. <laughs> Dr. Peshington. <laughs> Dr. Peshington, do you? Play Harry and Marv, who, the way that they're hurt, the way they act towards getting nails or staples fired into their groin, <laughs> getting their hair set on fire, putting their head in a toilet full of flammable liquid and exploding, yep. being electrocuted and turning into skeletons. Ugh. It's just, it's hilarious. Their reactions, the way they talk. So look, when Marv gets hurt, he always says, Harry! There's a scene where Kevin's throwing the bricks off the roof. He keeps getting hit in the oh, head. Oh, yeah, that's grim. Yeah. That's a grim scene. Harry! <laughs> yeah, so, um, but yeah, yeah, Home Alone 2, very Christmassy. The most Christmassy of Christmassy films has got New York and all the toy shops and everything like that. Couldn't recommend it high enough. I'm sure everyone's seen it already. Yes. Perfect. So, Adam. Yes, Rob. Adam. Yes, Rob. Adam. Yes, Rob. Hello. Hello. Um, this isn't going to be about films, but I'm going to educate the audience a bit more about our psyche. What okay. is your favourite Christmas song? Uh, now, Christmas songs in particular are what annoy me about Christmas. Yeah, we've heard about your stupid department So, So the, the songs is in particular the hard part. Um, I like Proper Crimbo. Bo Selector. Bo Selector has now been released properly on iTunes. It is great, it is great. It's interesting seeing all the celebrities that were involved with the Adam music and video. Adam Joe in it. Yeah. Which and, was shocking, because they weren't really doing anything at the time. Like a couple of people you completely forget about. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, and same, that same year, uh, The Darkness, Don't Let oh, the Bells man, Ring. Is that don't Let called? the Bells End. It's called Christmas right. Time. Christmas Time. Yeah. I love that. Christmas. And both of them were knocked out of the park by Mad World. Oh, yeah, because yeah. he bloody he went on Top of the Pops and he cried. And yeah. everyone was like, oh, he's such a... Oh, top of the Pops. Do you remember Top of the Pops? I do. Good Lord. Yeah. Uh, I also like the... Um, uh, Don't Stop the Cavalry. Yes. That's a good one. 
Brilliant. Do you know what I love about that song? Mm. Is you listen to it and it's very British in its wartime Britishness. Yes. If that makes any sense. It's bit, yeah, I think of... Think uh, of these cold soldiers who've been marched to, to the front line or whatever. Uh, I actually think of uh, Wind Up Victorian toy soldiers. Oh, really? Sort of Nutcracker oh, style. No, I either picture World War Two or maybe World War One in the trenches. Right, okay. But I think they make a reference to Germany and or Hitler or something in the lyrics somewhere. So I think it is based on World War Two. Okay. It's the cavalry. I could be wrong. Cavalry you before saying, them. But I think they want he wants the cavalry to oh, come so he oh, can get home because he wants to be home for Christmas. Right, right, right. But he's at war. Okay, fair enough. What's your uh, favorite Christmas song? Fairy Tale in New York. Oh, it's um, got to be. Yeah, fair enough. Irish Connection or all that. But it's just this is the thing with especially the cavalry song and this one is the best Christmas songs are the ones which sort of set, have a setting and tell a story. Tell a story. Yeah, yeah. I think that's key. And obviously, you know the idea of these uh, couple who argue all the time in. Poverty stricken New York, you know, some area of New York, you know, but they're really they're in love and they had dreams. What was I reading about? There's a thing about something about the Irish people don't like fairy tale of New York. It's probably because all the English people sing it. Maybe. I haven't got my phone on me. Oh, it's up. Keep talking. I'll look it up. Yeah, so that's great. And I think that's the thing with all good Christmas songs. Well, not all of them, but most of them, they have a setting. Like Driving Home for Christmas, it paints a picture of a dad who's coming home. And he's got all the gifts in the car and it's his last day at work before the holidays and it kind of fills you with warmth. Quite like that one. And... Yeah, I can't find anything, never mind. Um, yeah, no, good. So, do you know what my least favourite Christmas song is? Lay it on me. Mariah Carey? Uh, it's most hated, but my least... Um, yes. But also, Paul McCartney. Why? It's the most lazy Christmas song ever. So miserable. Yeah, the choir of children sing their song. Ding dong, ding dong. At one point, I don't even know what he says. It's rubbish song. Just farts. Simply having a Christmas song. It's Brilliant. Nice. It's just background Christmas, isn't it? Just put you in a mood. It's got uh, bells. No, and... no, 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 no. Right, no. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Uh, no, I like that one. No, not after. Not after. Uh, <laughs> what's it called? Black Mirror. Black Mirror White Christmas. That's another Christmas special. Yeah. Geez. Oh my the worst, word. The worst, the In worst. fact, if I should go back and re-record the show, I might choose that instead of League of Gentlemen. Really? What? I mean. Oh man. Nothing. Ever, I mean, since like, I don't know, except for Hereditary and Scream, I think that got to me on a different level. Yeah. It wasn't fear, it was the psychology of working out, hang on a minute, this <laughs> guy is trapped for more or less eternity yeah. to him. Yeah. I need, we need someone to work out how many years he's going to be in it there. It left me feeling sick. Black Mirror, White Christmas, I think if you haven't seen it, watch it. Watch it yeah. It's savage. Yeah, it's, it's the it's, worst nightmare of worst nightmares. I think it might be my favourite Black Mirror ever. Anyway, let's go back to the show. You have one message. Message one. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas, Scream Bucketeers! Just reminding you to tell everyone, all of your friends and family, about Scream Bucket. If you do, I'll put you on my nice list. And if you don't, I'll put you on my kill list. Merry Christmas, one and all. Well, 
This queue's been going on for so long. Mm. I feel like we're not going to get out of this place. I need some sustenance. Do you want one? Uh, Stroop waffles, which I think are one of the more festive snacks. Quite nice. I mean, you can have them all year round, but... I don't know, I just feel like they're... Uh, they're quite Christmassy. Look at the the cover. There's just all like oh yeah, they got people skiing, Dutch people kissing and stuff. Who knows? I've got some sustenance for you. Oh yeah, what have we got? So when I was in Mexico, I got speaking to a tour guide, and I started speaking to him about tequila. Okay. And he asked me what do people drink in England. They said he said, I said Jose Cuervo. And right. He said that's what they this usual thing. That's what they clean their cars with, and it's vile. <laughs> and so I asked him what. Tequila, would you recommend? What should I take home with me? Mm-hmm. And he said, Don Julio. Don Julio? Don Julio. No. And, uh, so it happens to me, I've bought a hip flask to make this journey go better. And I was wondering if you would like to try Mexico's finest tequila. It's probably not Mexico's finest tequila, but... It's the one that he probably owns, shares in. Yeah. And got you to buy. Okay. It's fancy, it's got a nozzle thing. Oh, that is fancy. And he said... Oh, it's clear. It's not. It's not the clear tequila. Apparently, is not the good stuff. It's a bit. It's because it's a bit. It's because it's been distilled in a barrel for a while. Okay. It's given a bit more flavour. Oh, listen to you. Are you been, selling this it's stuff? It's been distilled for three months. Reposado. That's what it means. Uh, something. <laughs> yeah. Well sold. We're going to go well with my fruit waffle. I doubt it. Okay. <laughs> You've also got the largest shot glasses in the world. I didn't fill up all the way to the top. Thank I God. can't talk. Pass that one to Mr. Josh. Uh, uh, to help him find <laughs> the child easier. Uh, Josh! Thank you. I need okay. this after So think about, before you drink it, think about how nasty Jose Cuervo is without salt and lemon. Oh God, I'm getting like... <laughs> you know when you get those shocks when you smell for them? Like, mm. Anyway. Right, good yeah. luck. Bebe. Uh, what, that was cheers in Spanish. I don't know. I'll just say bebe. Drink. Bebe. Bebe means drink. Bebe. Oh, wow. (laughs) You alright, Josh? uh, That is so much nicer, isn't it? That is delicious. That's the stuff. I mean, it's still making me cough a bit, but. Yeah, uh, but compared to the other stuff. That's so good. Magnificent, isn't it? Oh, I've got goosebumps. Look, I've got goosebumps. I'm feeling the Mexican. Oh, yeah, that's put, oh. put lead in your pencil, eh? <laughs> yeah. mm. Oh, boy. <sighs> Something your wife mentioned I thought was a good topic conversation. Yeah. A film that comes out at Christmas, is that enough to make it a Christmas film? No. What is the definition? It's got to have Christmassy stuff in it. Like what? Snow. Snow. Mm. Does it need snow? Yes. It just does. Snow's like the most fictional part of Christmas though, isn't it? It's just based on it being snowy when Charles Dickens know, was about. But that's just Hollywood, mate. I, it helps. You do, okay, you don't need to have it. You could have rainy streets, you know, wet surfaces. Uh-huh. Love that actually was got, wet. Yeah, it wasn't snowy, was it? no, mm. yeah. I, I didn't remember it snowing. There was a bit, you know, I'm when you went to America, the, it was snowy. But. I'm just thinking the bit in uh, Andrew Lincoln in the street. That was just uh, wet, I think. Yeah. Hmm. And you had a big coat on, so they need to look like they're warm and they're in the cold. Cold in the warmth. 
Warm, warm in the warmth. What am I saying? I don't know. I was distracted by Josh. He keeps moving like he's got more tequila. Josh, speak. Uh, Do you want more tequila? Uh, yeah, <laughs> 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 Give me a shot glass. Keep talking. Um, you need Christmas lights. Christmas lights, yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, family. Family. I mean, that can be friends, though, can't it? It doesn't have to be family, family. Feliz Navidad. That, everybody, is Merry Christmas in Spanish. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. So what makes a Christmas film a Christmas film? <laughs> what What's a film that's come out at Christmas that isn't a Christmas film? Maybe... What about Harry Potter? Uh, oh, Harry Potter's very Christmassy. Because it's... It's cosy, he's got old buildings in. You like to say, this, what's a cosy setting? An old building with fires and mm. a castle. That's already cosy, isn't what it? Makes ha- what makes Harry ha- what Harry makes, Potter? What makes Harry Potter a uh, Christmas film over a Halloween film? Um, scarves, the big roast dinners, the dinners in the Great Hall. Mm, but it's all year round, though, isn't it? The common room. Yeah, but yeah, the things they do with the Great Hall and, I don't know, the... The early autumn when they're right, waiting for a okay. Quidditch game, it's more sunny looking in there. Um, what about Lord of the Rings? Oh no, I've used the code word. <laughs> it's an undercover wizard. Have some tequila, the dwarves made this tequila. But the Spanish dwarves. Alright, Bebe. Bebe. This is means drink. <laughs> that one was worse than the first one. Alright, <laughs> 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 alright, carry on, carry on. The man said he drank a whole bottle of it. It doesn't make any sense to me. So, Lord of the Rings. That famously came out at Christmas. Uh, Is that a Christmas film? Mm. I save Harry Potter for November to December. Lord of the Rings I could watch in July, I could watch it in January. So the difference is the cosiness. Lord yeah. of the Rings is out in the open a lot, I guess. Yeah, look, I mean, yeah, they're on the they're on the road a lot. They're in a harsh environment. Yeah. And they're, right. de- they're they're dealing with themes that are slightly darker than Harry Potter or Home Alone per se. They've got a an evil lord who's going to take over. And... It's Harry Potter. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it's the same thing. Like, so, does a Christmas film have to be about Christmas? No, I suppose not. Or set at Christmas? Because all of our choices. Can I have a mince pie. Yeah. I have a mince pie. Have you eaten your one? Oh uh, yeah. Do we want um? We've bloody interested them enough about what makes a Christmas film, haven't we? Let's just make a, let's just have a chat. Rob is suddenly drunk. I've had codeine and three hours sleep. Now it's usually just Hi, 
Bucket, George Lucas here. Thank you so much for not doing the Star Wars Holiday Special. Um, if it was up to me, I'd take a hammer to every existing copy. Uh, it's trying to diminish the effects of it, but it's so good that you haven't watched it, and I hope you won't cover it anytime soon. So, uh, Merry Christmas, and have a happy life day. <laughs> Please don't watch that show. Right, well, since we've started on the tequila, let's uh, let's crack open the, the beers I bought as a present. This is going to be a fun rest of the queue. Skull. Oh, Josh is here again. Oh, yeah, I kind of... I found Kevin. Oh, you did? Yeah, well, no thanks come... to his mum. His mum was drunk underneath a Christmas tree, swearing at the uh, swearing at the elves. Oh. We wandered around getting abused by perfume sellers. Ugh. Oh, no. They go up onto the roof. And who'd I find there? A little kid throwing bricks at tramps. <gasps> what was yeah, his name? Kevin. Oh. So I'm, I'm not, I didn't, wasn't going to take him back to his mother, the drunk mother, the useless parent. This so. is what happens right. when mums... Can we get you closer? People aren't going to be able to hear your story of Christmas. Whoa. Christmas, whoa, yeah. So I did what any good natural person did. Oh, I had to take him to child services. Good well, work, mate. Yeah, throwing bricks. Responsible. Throwing paint cans and stabbing homeless people with nails. And his mum's drunk and loses him every year. One awful family. Yeah. Awful family. And there's, there's still 15 children in the queue. Oh, they're just oh, they're running around. Anyway, have you got my mince pies, though? Oh. Um, uh, um, did you want a beer? Yes, please. There you are. Hey. Gosh. <laughs> oh, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Oh, I'm sick of this queue. Should we go somewhere else? Yeah, no, let's just do the shopping another day. There's plenty of days oh, to go. Oh, right. Well, let's, let's have a walk. Did you see a Santa's Grotto? I can't let's see Santa. Oh, you know, I've definitely seen Santa's Grotto when I've been wandering around. Ah. Uh, Should we go see Santa? Let's go see Santa. You lead the way. Yeah, go follow me. Do you want to have a beer? Yes, please. Yeah, have a beer. Oh, there it is. Oh, fantastic. Is that, is that Santa's Grotto? That tequila's really... Oh, it's strong stuff, man. Maybe Santa's got tequila, but I think he's more of a whiskey man. We could him. ask him. Let's ask him. Let's ask him for some tequila. Brandy. 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 Or sherry. He loves sherry. Let's go inside. What would you like for Christmas, little one? I would like a unicorn that poos. And it's like what? slime. What? What? It's a toy. It's really popular right now. It's a, it's a yes. unicorn that poos. It's a... Is that really a real toy, Susan? Susan? Yes. What? No, a, apparently it's like one of the most popular toys around at the moment. A pooing unicorn? Yes. Don't a ask poo- me what these kids are into. It's getting bloody oh, weird. I, I like it. It's fun. Um, I can throw it at my sister. Oh, God. I remember when they just had Transformers and Barbie dolls, and now they've got pooing unicorns. Transformers and Barbie dolls are rubbish. I want a pooing oh, no, unicorn. No, 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 no. Have you been a good girl this year? Yes. Okay, and you will get your pooping unicorn. Yeah. Now get away, get away. Get Where away. do I go now? Back to your mummy. Mummy? Back to your mummy. Mummy! Get away, I'm shoving drink under the tree! Where's Kevin? Kevin! Oh, why is everybody drinking? Oh, goodness me. Where's Susan, Susan. Where, where, where? Susan, when we, when's my next break? Uh, in 15 hours. Oh. Oh, my, did you hear that? Oh. He's trapped. He's, he's a slave. Lo- he's locked in. They've trapped They're him here. Him. How is he going to deliver all the presents? Oh, this is wrong. 
We should I, I told you the Palmer's laws are evil, man. We need to save them. We need to save Christmas. We need to save Christmas. We need to save Christmas. We need to break Santa out. Yes! Josh, punch yes. Susan in the face. <laughs> what the bloody hell are you doing? Don't worry, Santa. We've come to save you. I'm not Santa, will you? Yes. Just so right. you are. Secret safe with us. You don't have to pretend. My name is not. It, it's Santa. <laughs> you're Santa Claus and you're coming with us. No. <laughs> What are you talking about? What are you talking about? So, uh, yes. Why is Santa being escorted out of the grotto by a group of free men? Um, that might be a bit of a problem. Yes, I'm going to go talk to the supervisor. This might be an issue. Yes, maybe. Santa, Santa, quick! We need to go. We need to get out of here. What are you talking about? We need to escape. We need to get into the North Pole. Minimum wage, and you're taking me away. Santa, it's okay. Follow me, we know where we're going. I can't yeah. have any choice, you're pulling me along. Just lead the way, just lead the way, you know I'm where we're going. 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 Um, Let's get to the roof, then we can find roof. the reindeer. Roof, go up. The reindeer? There's no reindeer. There's here. reindeer there, that's reindeer. where they live. What is wrong with you? Wait, where are we? What, what's all these... I'm not talking... What are all these frilly soft things? Oh dear God. We're in lingerie. Not lingerie, Adam. We're in lingerie! Oh, oh goodness me. Please take me away from here. It's bringing back memories I would rather not see again. Right. Just where do we go? We're stuck in the lingerie department. I don't, I don't mind that. Security! It's quite, Security. It's quite cozy if you try it. You know. These men are stealing bras. Why does nobody believe Santa Claus? I think Santa's drunk. <laughs> What's Santa drunk? We're drunk. I've stolen uh, your friend's tequila. I've got the tequila right in my... What? Santa? Give her the, the hip flask, man. I've drunk all of it. I'm so oh, depressed. No. Oh, Santa? Why was my life such a miserable existence? Can you please just help me understand? Right. Everyone, gather around. Yes. We... I find this really hard to say, but Santa is loose. What? Who said it free? I don't know. There are reports of three young men. What, what do you mean he's loose? Do you want what? He got, got out of the grotto? He got out of the grotto. Susan was in charge. She's not really good at that stuff. Where's Susan? Susan? Susan's fine, but she's out of action. Right, okay. We need to think clearly on this. Alright, get down to the guys at Jewelry and the guys up in Toys. Good. We'll yes. S- scout the building. No, we go up to the guy in Toys and we'll ask them to open the helicopter drones. Yes, and of course. We can pursue them with that. We can use but the cameras. Wait, can they be trusted? Remember the last incident with the helicopter drones? And they oh. turned on all the, all the customers. I think that's a chance we're going to have to take. They're still posting the pictures on Facebook. Everyone, go, go. We need to move now. Boys, can I just say something to you? What do you want, Jesus? Santa. When I, when I, when you first kidnapped me, I thought you were a bunch of pillocks. <laughs> but I've come to realise that I'm actually very fond of you. And you've made me realise that I want to get out of this damn place and live my life. Yes, we well, were trying to save you, Santa. I want to go to South End and open my own ship shop. That's great, but she never went out to... The helicopter noises. Right, quick, stairs, 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 everyone up the stairs. 
I made a fire extinguisher. I know a quicker way. I just broke a hole in the wall. I didn't really do anything. Keep going. Keep going. We have them on the run. Quick. They're going up the stairs. They're going up to the roof. Send the Nerf guards. Not the Nerf guards. They haven't been released since 1964. You know what happened then? Five people dead. These are new Nerf guards. They're using special foam-tipped bullets now. Oh my god! This shoots girls! It's slightly inconvenient to me! It's bouncing off me! It's really, really annoying! Oh, you know what? I've got just about enough for you. Santa, Santa, we need to keep running. Go on without me, boys. This we is where came I get off. We're trying to save you, Santa. Do you know what you already have? Oh. Now go! Go! What are you doing? It's going towards the the guards. <laughs> Taking on the guards. <laughs> mm. Okay, everyone. That was the show. That was our Christmas special. Can you believe it? Yeah, guys. I hope we have filled you with the spirit of Christmas, mm. and you are ready to have a wonderful, wonderful festive. Yeah. Season. We're now talking to you from our sleigh that we've just uh, discovered on the roof of the department store. Mm. And we've made a good friend along the way, yes. Josh. Yeah. Well, no, it's been it's it's been an experience. To say the least. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for making our queue ride a bit more interesting yeah, and speaking well. to us about Black Christmas and stuff. Ah, uh, still haven't bought any presents. Dude, have you checked the back of this sleigh out? It's full of presents. But what have you learned on this Christmas special, Adam and Josh? I've learned that I might need help with my Christmas choices of film. Well, I agree. Josh, what have you learned? I've learned Tequila is quite strong. And Rob on Codeine is a <laughs> new experience. Yeah. Well, what I've learned is Christmas is a time for love. Aww. And I love you too. Oh dear. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas and a happy new year. I'm going to eat this mince pie now. Yeah, ah, I'm going to find worse tequila, so I saved the Don Julio. <laughs> Brought to you by Don Julio. <laughs> and Budweiser. And Budweiser. Follow us at screen underscore bucket on Twitter or follow North Arts FM at North Arts FM. Rob, looks like you're ready to have another nap. I am ready to have another nap. Yeah, we'll, we'll let Josh uh, pilot the thing, shall we? Well, well, yeah. I thought you guys were piloting this thing. But we're all sat in the back, so none of us are piloting it. Wait, what do you mean, none of us are piloting it? <laughs> There we are. That's our show. I'm glad to, yeah, very good. I'm glad to be out of that store. Yeah. Bit of a messy one at the end, I thought. Yeah, well, it always is, isn't it? Let's be honest. We can't, like, every time we say to the audience, we apologise to our <laughs> we audience. How much can we apologise? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, again, we are sorry, and um, we'll try to do better next time. Well, <laughs> next year, in fact. This next will be the year. last show of 2018. Oh, wow. You've been on a journey with us for the last three months, so thank you so much for listening. Yeah, cheers, guys. Um, yeah. Merry Christmas, everyone, and uh, see you next year. Merry Christmas, everyone, and a Happy New Year. Uh, it's time to drink. Yep.